0: Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Greetings and salutations, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? I got to tell you a true story. This happens all the time. Whenever I meet people and people ask me what I do, depending who I'm talking to, I'll give them some answer, but I'll try to give them some interesting, like I'm a podcaster, or I'm a speaker or I'm whatever. And people always say like, oh, that's super cool. That's, or that's interesting or whatever. But then they always follow it with, how did you get into that? And I always just laugh to myself and they kind of give me a funny look. And I was like, ah, I have a podcast. Okay. Anyway, So I love this show, and I'm excited that you're joining us today. Today we've got my friend Kat Alford who is joining us. She runs a website called Budget Blonde, where she teaches all about uh, personal finance and money and all that jazz. Really good stuff. But how she got into this is really really fascinating. And not only that, but how she's made a living writing for other sites. This girl writes for a bunch of different like major sites and major blogs. So if you're someone that's interested in freelance writing, writing in general. This is for you. You're definitely going to want to check out what Kat has to say. Also, make sure that you download the bonus material where Kat and I stick around. We talk for a couple extra minutes all about how to get started with a freelance writing career. And so if that's something you're interested in, make sure you download that. Also, if you missed last episode... I mentioned this to you, but we have updated our system, and now instead of having to download each individual bonus episode individually, you can download them all basically from the same place. So we put them all under one umbrella to make it a lot simpler for you, so I think you're going to dig that. So if you download this bonus material, you can actually download it for any of the previous episodes as well, all on the same page. makes it a lot simpler for you, so definitely stop by, check that out. All right, let's get right into it. Here's my interview with writer extraordinary and all around cool cat Cat Alford. Enjoy. What is up my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today we are joined by my friend Kat Alford, who is a freelance writer extraordinaire. I'm pretty sure like if you've ever read anything on the internet, she probably wrote <laughs> something from there. This girl writes like everything everywhere. Like I remember her telling me one time Like, oh, I'm just, I got like 28 articles I'm trying to finish this week. I was like, this week? Like, how do you do this? So I'm excited to share her story and journey with you today of how she got into it and how she does what she does. So Kat, what is up? How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm surprised that you've even got time given the number of like 50 some articles you have to write at any given day to take the time to chat with us. You're, You're a busy girl.
1: You know, I try to fit in some grant time every now and then. You know, the,
0: the little people. Yeah,
1: like, you know, just try to try to do some volunteer work. You know, it.
0: So. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Like, how many articles are you working on right now?
1: Well, I just finished one this morning. I've got three more to write today. Today, so, four yeah.
0: articles today. Okay.
1: Yeah, but it's not bad if you love it it's not bad
0: at all. My goal was to write like one blog post this week. (laughs) This week, it's Thursday and I'm, I definitely, I'm not getting to it today. So I've got one day left to accomplish it.
1: Everybody's got their own gifts, right? And Uh, it's taken me a long time to be able to write that many in a day and not get super burned out. So, you know, you get faster.
0: (laughs) All right. So we've talked that you write a lot. What are you writing for? Give us kind of a snapshot of business today. (laughs)
1: Sure. Well, I'm writing for mostly personal finance sites. I started my own personal finance blog, Budget Blonde, five years ago. So I've been in the business a really long time. And most of the people I write for are other personal finance bloggers and then financial websites. Like this morning, I ghost wrote a post for a bank in Texas. And I have a couple of different clients, but they're pretty much all in the finance niche now, I would say.
0: So whenever you're writing for these type of posts, are they giving you something to go off of? Or are you just like pitching them ideas? How does that how does that work?
1: Yeah, well, every single client is different, but most of the time I'll talk to them ahead of time, see what their needs are. For example, the bank post I wrote this morning, they just give me like five main themes to write about each month and I'll pitch some topics within those themes. They get approved and then, you know, set deadlines and send them in. And usually at the beginning of the month I'll send all my clients topic examples and things like that and actually that's one of the hardest parts is just constantly creating new ideas of what to write about because it's all about money all the time pretty much right
0: i would assume that you've got a lot of overlap between you know blogs i mean there's only there's a lot of stuff you can cover within personal finance but you get to a point where if you're doing four articles a day for most days you start to kind of run dry <laughs> does, that, does that happen or like how does that work
1: Yeah, it's definitely happened before. And I think I'm at a really good place now. Like a year or two ago, I think I was feeling like, God, I've written the same post like five times in a different way. But I just I feel like I'm writing it so many times. And now I'm sort of going into more like journalistic style writing. So I might interview people or I might, you know, do a lot more statistics and just a little bit more difficult type of writing. And so it tends to be a bit more unique content, which is more fun for me to write. I don't feel like it's like really boring. And I write about, a lot about my life, too, which is changing a lot and different things happen. And so that keeps the
0: content fresh. I know you've got two little boys, twins, that are. I hmm, actually have they...
1: boy girl twins, yes. Oh, are there those two boys? You... No, one of uh, each.
0: Oh, uh, one of each. And they are just over a year old now, right?
1: Yep, 17 months. So there's always
0: <laughs> a fresh stream of stories and content <laughs> like, coming like, from whoa! them
1: yeah survival <laughs> crazy. running everywhere it's
0: all right fun. let's backtrack a little bit so yeah. let's talk about how you got into this so i know you right now you are in the lovely state of new jersey <laughs> i'm sure that that's, that's <laughs> what, what, where you have always wanted to be in life is I living know. in new jersey but well, i'm killing our new jersey listenership right yeah. now no, it but, actually is
1: really nice
0: but you've bounced around a lot so yes. where did you grow up originally
1: I grew up in Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans, born and raised, okay. and I went to college in Virginia, then my husband got accepted to medical school in the Caribbean, so I lived there for three years, and then I came to New Jersey also for my husband's work, so I bounced around quite a bit.
0: <laughs> Going from the Caribbean to New Jersey has yeah, got to be you know. like the ultimate slap in the face from life.
1: It was kind of tough when winter came around, you know, Had none of the attire required, had to order a few things, but you know, it's okay now.
0: I want to talk about some of that, but like growing up, did you always like writing? Were you into writing? Were you good at writing? How did that kind of come to be?
1: Yeah, I've always loved writing. I really have. In fact, a family friend told me he thought I was the weirdest kid because I used to walk around with a notebook, and if I was like waiting a doctor's lounge or something, I'd be writing. Or my brother and sister might be reading, or you know, playing a Game Boy or something. But I always liked to write. You know, I was just a strange little child. I guess. Are,
0: you, are you doing like stories or reports or what kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I wrote a lot of stories. I made a family newspaper. I was nice. like the editor of like my fifth grade. You know school newspaper, you know, just, I just really always enjoyed it. And it's just taken me a while to sort of come back to it.
0: So at what point did you kind of like, did you go to college for that?
1: I actually, I went to college and graduate school for U.S. history, I mean, which involves a lot of writing. It's another interest of mine. I always thought I would, you know, work in museums, work in special collections, again, around old books, around writing. And I really wanted to sort of take care of old objects. And so it's really been a a strange and weird path that I went on. But so I went to school for that. And then when we had to move to the Caribbean, I had to quit my job. And with sort of like no work and bills to pay, I had to you know, figure out how to make money. And I had this little blog on the side and I really started to work towards that and write about our budget, write about the medical school loans, write about living in another country. And it sort of morphed into this like financial expertise. And so I went to graduate school to learn a lot about Civil War history. And now I write for like all these financial websites, but it just goes to show that, you know, your career can take you anywhere and you can still enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I think that's a big theme with a lot of people we've talked to on the show is, you know, my plan was to go down this path, but all of a sudden I'm over here. And so I think some of it is to like take some of the pressure off of feeling like I'm going to be this civil war nerd for the rest of my life and I'm going to know all about it and I'm going to work in museums. And I know, but it's like, no, no, no. Like you may not, like it may go a, a totally different direction. So why did you decide to start the blog? How did that come to be in the beginning?
1: Well, it actually started in graduate school, and it kind of goes along this theme about me loving to write because, you know, graduate school was really difficult for me, and the writing is extremely intense, and I miss writing for fun. You know, I miss writing about enjoyable things about my life and little stories and here and there, and so I started the blog to sort of Talk about my journey and, you know, all the little things I did during the day. Like, no one was reading it. Like, maybe my mom checked in every now and then and told me about some typos in there or something. But, I mean, no one was reading it. So, it kind of did that. And then it just sort of grew and grew. And it really took off when I started spending a lot of time on it when I was living out of the country.
0: Why finances? I mean, you could have talked about anything. So, I mean, you could have talked about just living on an island, you know. So, why finances? Why finances?
1: I think because I started at a point in my life where I was living on like a $14,000 a year graduate stipend and I was just writing about like decorating my apartment with thrift store finds and that was sort of my focus. I was living on this teeny tiny budget and I had, you know, recently got engaged and wanted to get married but didn't want to spend a ton of money and so I think that's just the point in life where I was at and I've always been sort of like frugal and decent with money and it was just a reflection of me and my personality and that was a big part of it at the time and it still is now. Although I don't make $14,000 a year anymore, mm-hmm. thank God.
0: <laughs> You've upgraded a time or two. Yeah, time.
1: just a little bit. <laughs>
0: So really, the blog was just kind of a reflection of what was happening in yeah. life at the time. It was
1: like most people's blogs at the time five years ago. They just talked it. And I guess it's sort of strange just to write about yourself and to keep everyone updated. And it was just like a fun little hobby. It wasn't anything super serious.
0: At what point did you decide that like maybe this could be something serious? Because I, I agree. I think probably five years ago and maybe even now, there's a lot of people that do a blog just because eh, it's just kind of fun. You know, and it keeps Exactly. My, I moved away and it keeps my family updated and shows some pictures of the grandkids or whatever. <laughs> But at what point did you realize, like, I don't know, maybe there's something here.
1: Well, I think I was really inspired by other bloggers because they started writing about their blogs making an income, and I knew I wanted to have a family someday. I started to read other, you know, moms who talked about staying home with their kids, making money from their blogs, and I thought I didn't even know that that was possible. I didn't even know you could do this. So I actually signed up and took a course on blogging, and I learned how to, you know, make money from it. I learned how to update it. I went through a whole rebrand. I actually like spent money on a new logo and all this sort of thing, and. I even had to move it to like a self-hosted platform. Like I was still on Blogspot, okay? Like it was bad. And uh, and once I did all that and made all the changes, it's like a light bulb went off. Like the offers started coming in. The advertisers started coming in. Like once I took it seriously and treated it as a business, so did everyone else. You know, posting more regularly and interacting with more bloggers, doing a lot more networking. And yeah, once I, you know, the income just sort of steadily grew, I wasn't like an overnight success. I wasn't the kind of blogger who, you know, blogged for eight months and made six figures. I mean, I went two years just doing it for fun. And then one day, it was like in June of 2013, I made more money than I did from my day job at the time because I got a job teaching in the Caribbean. And I thought... Wow, I can't believe I just did this. And just that from that first day I was like maybe I could actually do this full time.
0: So when, I I, when you came across other bloggers who were doing this full time, were you looking for that or do you stumble across that? Do you remember like even some of the first sites that you saw that were just sure. kind of this eye-opening experience?
1: Well, There's two other bloggers, Holly from Club Thrifty and Michelle from Making Sense of Sense, who actually became self-employed before I did. But because I was sort of writing about being thrifty and budgeting, a lot of personal finance bloggers side hustle. Like that's just a really common thing because personal finance bloggers, they're always trying to like pay off debt or make extra money or, you know, supercharge their investing. And so a lot of personal finance bloggers just have that trait of just being entrepreneurs and hustlers and having different things on the side. So I started reading about it. and holly quit her job and i was like ooh that's exciting like maybe i could do that and then uh, michelle quit her job and then 3 months later you know i went to full time blogging as well so so yeah
0: Interesting. Okay. So I think the big question on everybody's mind is what yeah. Caribbean Island were you on and how did you <laughs> end up there?
1: I was on the Island of Grenada, which is the very last little dot in all the little dots. And uh, so it's way down there. And uh, yeah, my husband got accepted to medical school there and he applied to a lot of international medical schools and they have a wonderful one there that's been around for 40 years. And yeah, we just decided to take a leap and we could only afford to one way plane tickets at the time. And it was totally crazy. And we Sold everything in our little town home and packed it all up and went. And, you know, got there with credit card debt and I didn't have a job, but, you know, we figured it out and we lived off his loans for a little while. And then I found work and the blog grew. And before I knew it, I was working a full time job and then blogging for five and six hours at night. And it was crazy, but we were able to really improve our financial situation. I was really able to start a business. It was awesome. Like, a lot of people don't get that peace and time to themselves. I had a lot of time to myself to really work on it without having any other responsibilities. And I think that's what made it successful to start out with.
0: Yeah. And I just pulled up here on the map just out of my own curiosity.
1: Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. One of those places like, okay, I've heard of, but where is it? That it's is like way out Venezuela. There.
1: Yeah. It's way down there. Yeah. Here.
0: It's right outside of South America there. So, okay. So I think that's a great point that, that you said that I had so much time to it focus is. on it. Do you think that the blog would be what it is today? had you not, put that much effort and energy into it early on
1: oh no like you have to in order to make this a full-time career you really have to put a lot of time into it i definitely don't sugarcoat that it is not easy it is a lot of hard work and i was very tired like i'd go to work and my boss would be like you look really tired don't you hate when people say that and i'm like yeah it's because i'm like working after work but it's just our it's the way our situation works like if my husband like was done work at five and he came home and like was like, come hang out with me. It'd be one thing, but he was studying so hard. I mean, he was studying till midnight every night for medical school, so I just sat next to him with my computer and just wrote so we could sort of sit next to each other and be together, but I didn't have any pressures from him. I didn't have any kids, like... All I had to, if I wanted a break, I walked five minutes to the beach. Like it was just, I really missed that time because it was such a minimalist like experience. I really got to focus on my own work. And of course, in the states, people can do that. They just have to like wake up earlier before they go to their day job or after their kids go to bed. You just have to put in a lot of extra time. I think.
0: Okay, so let's talk more about that. So if yeah. someone's listening, they're like, okay, I, I want to. Because this is, I don't think this is applicable to just a blog. I mean, this is anything. This This is is anything. Any side business you want to start. Yeah, this is the same story I was on with trying to get started speaking and you're spending nights and weekends on it. So it's definitely a lot easier if you're single or you're, even if you're just married with no kids and you just don't have a lot of dependents or a lot of financial obligations. So let's say in your current situation, you've got twins. And you have a lot on your plate right now. So how would you manage it now if you were in the same spot you were a couple years ago in your current situation?
1: Well, I would probably, um, I mean, do what I did. So I still, like just in the past few months, my income has really taken off. But I worked during all of their naps. I worked after they went to bed. I basically like didn't have a break. Like my husband would be like, seriously, like go get your nails done. Like you need to leave the house. You need to put jeans on, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I would just be like, If you work, I'd be waking up at 5 in the morning. I know bloggers who did that, who woke up at 5 in the morning, worked from 5 to 8, and then got their kids ready, went to work and then worked after their kids went to sleep. You just have to really, really want it. I mean, you can come up with every excuse in the book. But what I did is I had someone come and help me in the afternoons, like just a mother's helper, like a teenager from down the street. And then slowly but surely I grew. And I now I have a nanny who comes like, you know, nine to five, three full days a week. And I still work at night. But as my income grew, I added more days and you know, I didn't just jump into it. I just, as my income allowed, I gave myself more time to work.
0: So interesting. So yeah. I, I like the in the beginning, it's easy to just look at a blog or a podcast <laughs> or speaking or a book yeah. or anything and just be like, that just magically happened. But I think yeah. it's, I think I think yeah. people <laughs> fail to see the yeah. behind the scenes of I'm working a 40 hour like normal job so I can survive and eat and live indoors. But then, right. like nobody sees the hours and hours and hours I spend. I'm just sitting on the couch next to my spouse in silence still <laughs> exactly. working on this thing that may exactly. not go anywhere. Like it could I, take off, but it may not. So may not, yeah. at what point did you feel like this might work? Like you starting to gain some traction?
1: Yeah, it was probably like in the middle of 2013, like I had a really good strong network going. And I have to tell you, like, So I primarily write for other blogs. It's not even about my own blog, but a big portion of my income is writing for other blogs, getting clients. I mean, there was a time where I had like 15 different clients. Now I keep like five higher paying ones. But I mean, I must have sent 100 emails, you know, constantly, like every month. I mean, I would just randomly pitch people. I applied to so many jobs. I would try to apply to a job a day. Like that was always my goal is I'm going to ask someone for a job. Today They might say no. They might ignore me. One time I even made a chart of one month of how many people I blind pitch for a writing job. And it was like 27 people ignored me. Like one person said maybe and one person said yes or something. And I was like, this is an awesome month. I got a job, you know, because I got a job. And I just can't even express to you how much I hustled during that point, point. and I think once people started coming to me, once my name started being on other websites and I didn't have to work so hard to get the clients, I was getting an email like, hey, Kyle, I saw your article in the Huffington Post. My bank wants to start a blog. We want you to write for it. And I was like, thank you. Like I thought I still hustle and I still apply for jobs even now, but just not as many as I did back then. And so, yeah, I think once I started getting published on bigger websites and once people started coming to me, I felt like this could be sustainable.
0: Yeah, it reminds me so much of, guess guess, my own speaking journey. Uh, yeah, I've
1: read your story like, too. It is very similar.
0: Like, you just have to go out and find those things. And just because yeah. you put up a blog or a website or a speaker pay or whatever, yeah. doesn't yeah. mean anybody cares. The internet is a ginormous place. Yep. And so it's easy to hang your shingle and be like, okay, <laughs> Here's if, I, my website, if yeah. I build it, they will come. And it just oh, doesn't work. So, okay, let me ask you, so when you've got that board up and you contact, you know, 29 people, 27 okay. say no, or just flat out ignore yes. you, one says maybe one says yes. yes. Like, why do you not quit? Like, why do you not be like, screw this? I'm just going to get a, like a normal job. What keeps you going?
1: Oh, I just think it's like the excitement of being able to work for yourself. Like that's what really pushed me in the beginning. And now, of course, it's to continue working for yourself. Like some people really like going to work and having that steady paycheck like – I enjoyed the the work that I had in the past, but I hated all the meetings. I hated the fact that I had to be there at like 9 in the morning. Like I'm such a night owl, and I just like having control over my life. I love that two days a week I get to hang out with my kids, bring them to a little splash park, do whatever, and then I work that night. I mean, I like having the flexibility. And with my husband's work so crazy, I want to keep that flexibility forever. And it's just exciting. I mean, I'm still constantly amazed, like, I built this myself, like, every single thing, every single dollar I bring in is something that I went out and got, or I actually did, and it's just, it's so fulfilling, and it just, it makes you kind of proud of yourself, like, wow, wow, I did this, like, it's easy to apply for jobs that are already in existence, it's hard to blind pitch people and, like, convince them to hire you, or convince them to bring you on as a speaker, and I think... You just keep going because I'm just really stubborn, I guess. And I'm like, well, that one person said yes, maybe someone else will. And yeah, so I think it's just that that drive and just wanting to to keep the lifestyle, the flexibility.
0: How have you, or I guess, why have you decided to start writing and do so much of your business of of writing for other people? I mean, if you were writing four articles today, like why not post all those on your own site and grow your own thing versus building someone else's? What's the thought behind that?
1: You know, I think a lot of people have asked me that same question. And I think I'm going to be moving more towards that model, because I do find that my own blog sort of suffers sometimes. And that's something I really want to work on. But to me, like my goal has always been like steady, predictable income. And when I write for people, I don't just pitch and write one article. Usually, I'm like signing on with people to write for them for as long as we both stay together. You know, it's yeah. like every single week and what like a few years ago i used to sign in like 10 post deals so i knew that i'd have you know business for two or three months so i know at this point like at a minimum i will make x every month if i only had my own blog i mean it could be crazy it could go up and down you know i might have advertisers come i might have advertisers go but at least for me i always stuck with the writing income because i could predict it and anything i made for my own blog was just sort of like the cherry on top a little bit of gravy you
0: know Cherry with gravy. That sounds, Cherry with
1: gravy and
0: sprinkles. I think you're you're mixing in all types of analogies and it's sounding <laughs> yes. disgusting at the moment. No, no.
1: I think it sounds delicious. <laughs> all
0: right. So for someone that maybe listened to this, yeah. going like, okay, I am I like writing and yes. I would love to do a post for some big bank site or for a Huffington Post or for some big wig blog in whatever industry. How do you go about actually pitching them and getting in front of them and like proving like, no, no, no I can actually do this. How does that work?
1: That's a really good question. I actually just launched a course on that. It's called Get Paid to Write for Blogs. And I can't really speak to how people can get in magazines and things like that because that's a different style of writing. But when it comes to actually writing for blogs, the first thing I teach in my course and the first step for anybody is to make a nice portfolio for themselves, whether it's their own blog, an author page, something like that. I mean, it's like a resume for your nine-to-five job. You have to have something that looks nice, and you need to work with other bloggers. So when you apply for writing jobs, when you blind pitch for someone, you're going to say, hey, I can write, and I've written for person a person b and person c and a lot of times you can do that with guest posts making friends with other bloggers basically you want as many unique links as possible to show like hey these other people think i'm awesome they allowed me to write for them even if it's a free guest post it's just the idea of showing someone who wants to hire you that other people found you legit and so that's really the first big step once you have that once you have like a good letter to send out you just go to town
0: How do you begin to find even some of those original ones? Like if you, it's easy to look up to some people that would be whatever niche or industry or space someone may be willing to write for. If I'm in the, let's say the fitness space, I can look up and find who those big names are. How do I even get on their radars? Like when I'm pitching the 29, how do I get the (laughs) one to say yes?
1: Well, I think that you have to make them your friends is like the, really the main thing is like, you don't want to start your blog on day one and then be like, hello, be my friend. Can I write for you? Because they'll probably ignore your email. You have to remember that this is not, you know, get rich quick process. This is not like a fast thing. You have to organically grow like your name and your brand over time. And I always tell people you need to, to try to pitch blogs double your size. So if you have just your mom reading, well you need to go to the person that has like their mom and dad reading, right? (laughs) So, But then like if you have a thousand views a month or something, then you need to find the blog that's like two thousand so that when you get to like twenty thousand you got like a slightly bigger forty thousand blog. You need to just grow and grow and grow organically and build your network organically, constantly commenting and putting like really good comments, not like super post. You know, you just see that really engaging and, you know, bloggers always read their comments. You know, bloggers love to read what people have to say about what they wrote. So having really good comments, being the first person to comment. If that big time blogger, if you know they post at 4 a.m. every morning, get up at 4 a.m. and be the first comment and make it a really good and engaging one. Or if you disagree with the post, you can send them an email and say, They'll know your name. The whole point is to get people to know your name. If they see you comment every single morning, you're always the first comment. They're going to answer your email. They're going to open it. And then you can say, I kind of disagreed with your point in this post. Would you consider a guest post on this opposing opinion? And you just have to like, you can't just randomly approach people. That would be like walking up to someone's house, knocking on the door and being like, hello, can I come for dinner? Are you making spaghetti? You can't do that. They have to be your friend. They have to know your name. And so it takes time.
0: Is there any like length of time when you know, okay, I feel like my rapport is good enough with this person, and I've commented X number of times, or I've interacted with them X number of times, to feel like it's the right time to pitch them on something?
1: I think that it's not really a length of time, but more of a comfort. Like, if you feel like you'd call them a friend or if you'd feel comfortable like walking up to them at a conference and you wouldn't seem like the awkward like fangirl then you're like ah, yeah, we talk on twitter a bunch and we've, we we chatted back and forth like if you feel like they would know your name they know something about you they've commented back a time or two or tweeted back a time or two you can push it you could probably do it in like a month or two if you're really intense about it but you know 3ish months making an online friend And I wouldn't ask for, like, the world, you know. Don't be like, oh, please promote my most recent product. Like, you're just asking for a little little guest post.
0: Right. Right. And I like that... You're trying to figure out how can you add value to them? How can you help them? One of my I had a friend say one time, add value before you ask for value. You know, so how can you best help them? How can you best contribute to them? And so I mean there's been times where I've written a post that I would send to someone and say, Hey, use this if you want to, great, if not, no big deal. But not asking for like some okay, here's a guest post and I want you to do these fourteen things for me in return. It's like, no, no, I'm just trying to provide help and assistance and value for you. Another thing that you kind of alluded to there was how Important it is to connect with people in person and how yes. that changes the dynamic of the relationship. So, you know, there's a conference you and I will be at in a couple of weeks where yep. so many of, I mean, this is more your world than mine. Right. But your exactly. people gather, and so, how big was it to go to a conference where those types of people gathered and to meet them in person?
1: Oh, it was everything. And I was just on another podcast a few weeks back, and I said that was really a turning point with me really increasing my income a lot because, well, first of all, I met you there, so that was... A nice person to meet and you know you've helped me sort of grow the speaking aspect of my business. I met someone who like became my financial planner. I've met a lot of bloggers who have sent business my way. I met a really my highest paying client right now, I met them at the conference, happened to be sitting next to him at a random dinner and we got to talking and it's a three hundred and fifty dollar a post client. And yeah, I mean it was totally crucial. And I went there with the intent of making my investment back. And this year, I'll be, you know, I'm a speaker at the event. So I plan on doing the same thing, just not really going with the expectation of meeting people that will give me jobs, but just starting those relationships so that down the line, they could think of me if someone needs a writer or something down the line.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, I would totally echo all of that. That yeah it's one thing to like email with someone, but as soon as you meet in person, it just it totally changes it the dynamic of it. And so you can build a relationship much quicker with someone in person than you could from years and years of emailing with them and never actually having a chance to connect with them. So I
1: agree. I've stayed overnight at bloggers' houses who have never met in person, you know, <laughs> until yep. then. I'm like, Hey, I'm staying at your house. We do not know each other. But like that's the thing. You build a rapport and then you meet him and you're like, Oh, here's my people. It's
0: great. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. Well, Hey, I got a couple other questions about blogging uh, specifically. And then some of the freelance writing, because I think that's something that a lot of people are intrigued by and interested in. So we're going to save that for the bonus round. We're going to just tease that out there. So we Hmm. will come back and talk about that momentarily. But in the meantime, if people are interested in finding out more about you, what you're up to your blog, or uh, even the freelance course that you mentioned, where can we go to find out all this?
1: Sure. Well, my main site is budgetblonde.com. And the course website is getpaidtowriteforblogs.com.
0: Getpaidtowriteforblogs.com We'll be yep. sharing the link up to that as well as the budgetblonde.com website. Good stuff. So we plan on uh, chatting a little more over in the bonus round. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that chit chat with Cat. That rhymed. Pretty impressive. I know. All right. I hope you did enjoy that. As always, definitely stop by, check out the bonus material where you can uh, listen to a couple extra minutes where Kat and I, we talk about freelance writing and how you could get into that. If that's something that you are interested or intrigued by at all, some good information there. You can download that by clicking on the link at the top of the show notes page for this particular episode. Or like I said, any episode, because now we have all of the bonus material, all of the bonus episodes all under one roof on one page that you can download all the same place. So definitely stop by, check that out. All right, I think that wraps up today's episode. We will catch you next next time. We'd love for you to uh, subscribe to the show, leave us a rating and review. So anything we can do to help you, support you, shoot me an email anytime, follow me on Twitter, or any of those places. I don't know, TwitFace, face chat, I don't something. So anything we can do to help you, just let me know. You're awesome, my friends. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.